Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 62. It's now been 22 weeks, three days, since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today is a total bonus episode. I had no intention of hiking up the mountain and recording today. In fact, I'm going to therapy later on. So I was gonna sleep in and take it easy and you know maybe watch some TV. But guess what? Alan Standish emailed me and let me know that our interview on his show, Progress Not Perfection, is live today on his episode 42. Well, I just couldn't resist. You know I often listen to Alan's show as I'm hiking up the mountain, getting ready to record my own. So I just had to. I had to put on my hiking boots, walk up that mountain, listen to our interview, see how it turned out. So, brave companions, as soon as we listen to the inspirational snippet of Josh Woodward's I'm Letting Go, I'm going to tell you what I learned to let go of listening to Alan today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go. Thank you, Josh, as always, for being such a beautiful way for me to remind myself I need to let go of these negative thoughts and behaviors and things that keep me from living a fully connected life free of fear of food, because food isn't my master. But I'm getting off my own topic again. What I need to let go of Brave Companions today is my own sense of needing to control everything, i.e. perfectionism, right? Perfectionism is me too. So this is a perfect thing for me to listen to. Alan's new show where he is emphasizing progress, not perfection. Now, Brave Companions, as you know, because you hear me stumble and stutter and talk and do things, in my own show, it's very lightly edited, but it's still edited. If I screw up, if I sneeze, if I cough, if I say something that maybe I regret and think, oh, that wasn't so smart, I, I think I'll just edit that out. I can't because my own show is completely and utterly in my own power and my own control. And so I can make the show sound however I want on purpose as part of my own process to let go of these fake and high expectations that I lay on myself. I do my very best to only edit really heinous sneezes or coughs or, or things or stuff that maybe in reflection might not be something that one of you, the Brave Companions, want me to say. I might take that out, but usually it's pretty much 100%. But I know that if I need to, I can go back down the mountain and use my editing software and chop out or enhance any mistake that I make. So even though I'm being this like quote unquote pseudo non-perfectionist, in the back of my brain, I know that if I screw the heck up, I could go, you know, fix that or not release the episode if I don't like it or, or whatever. When I went walking around my local park, talking to Alan on the phone and recording my other side of it, I uploaded for Alan 
the entire raw footage of everything that we talked about, including stuff we talked about before the show, during the show, my sneezing during pollen, my <laughs> slipping and swearing, whatever it is that I was saying, I, I gave him it all. And I had to take that trust. Now, I think Alan is a really good guy, but you have to remember that I've had many more email interactions and more, more contact with him since that interview. So at the time of the interview and at the time of me giving him my voice, I knew him less well. And I had to take a leap of faith that Alan would not make me look like a raving idiot or make me sound like I was saying things that I didn't want to say because I couldn't remember what I said. Because <laughs> I, after I upload the things, I don't keep the raw footage. I delete it off my recorder. So I said, okay, universe, this is a true test of my faith and non-perfectionism. I'm going to just sit back and wait for this show whenever it's right for Alan to release it. And I'm going to let him shape it in any way he needs to in order to fit his format. And it will be very interesting for me to hear what did our conversation sound like once he was done with it. And I have to tell you, brave companions, I loved it. I loved his episode so much, I just couldn't believe it. Some of the things that we talked about were, how did I start this podcast? And how do we feel about perfectionism? I talked about more in depth about my experience as a kid going to fat camp and, and how that made me feel kind of normal for the first time. The whole thing is really well done. I have to say, Alan, if you're listening to this one, you are an awesome editor. You made me sound fantastic, and I so enjoyed remembering our conversation and how that went. And Brave Companions, if you have a few minutes, please, I want you to go listen to this episode 42, listen to our conversation, and if you enjoy it as much as me, then please go ahead and leave a a note there on Alan's website on episode 42 and let him know that you liked it. I think you will really enjoy listening to it, especially as I said last time in the summer heat, I might not be releasing as many shows of my own as I did in the past because of my bike riding training schedule and I'm just not getting out quite as much. So if you're really missing hearing <laughs> Compulsive Overeating Diary, go over and listen to Alan Standish's Progress, Not Perfection. I just want to thank you again, Alan. It was truly an awesome experience. Well, as long as I'm up here at the Zen place talking into my recorder, I might as well tell you guys some stories of my latest intuitive eating experiences. You know, I went to the movies the other day with my friend Linda, and actually that was a great movie. I think it's called Words and Pictures with Clive Owen and Juliette Bonneau. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing her name right. Oh, well, you'll have to forgive me if I am mispronouncing. It's just really odd. Have you ever had experience where there's a, a word that you know when you're reading it, but when you go to say it out loud, you can't quite get it in your head? I do that all the time. And I used to have to, as a speaker, make sure that I checked out all of the words that I was going to speak about because I often have words that I mispronounce in my head and get into that habit. And anyway, my apologies to that. 
Okay, back to the point is that I went out to the movie with my friend and we went to dinner. And the last time we went out to dinner, we had to think about all the different restaurants because I was calculating in my head what restaurant possibly has something that I could fit into my calories for dinner. So this time she was very hesitant. She said, uh, Lori, uh, did you want to have dinner? Uh, we could go back to by my house. There's a place that has salad. And I said to her, oh, Linda, please don't worry about that. Anything that, that we want to eat is fine. And she said, really? I said, oh, yes, I, I'm fine. And I didn't really go into it further because my friend Linda is not a compulsive overeater or somebody that really has to worry too much about her weight. And, but just the look of relief on her face was really awesome. And I felt so good to just say, wherever we decide to eat is fine. And to think that I could go trust my body to just, you know, eat enough and not worry about it. It was amazing, the uh, relief. Because what an anchor this has been, my social worry about what I'm going to eat, how much I'm going to eat, did I eat too much, am I overly hungry because I was quote unquote saving calories in order to go out and eat. It was wonderful. We actually went to a Thai place and had curries. We each got a different curry and we had white rice and I ate just enough. In fact, it seemed to be just about as much as she was eating. And at the end, we decided not to take the rest home with us because we had had enough curry. But it was delightful. It was wonderful. And yes, I admit it, I'm still not over my scale habit. But all of my eating out with Linda and going out with Mark and doing all the things I do, I'm still weighing exactly the same. Now, in the past, I was kind of bouncing between 207 and 208. And I will say I'm bouncing between 208 and 209. But... I pretty much stay the same and today when I put on my hiking pants I can tell that they're feeling looser. So brave companions I'm still encouraged. I'm not quite up yet to throw in my scale away <laughs> and I'm really embarrassed to say I'm not up yet to throw in my scale away. I think that that is so weird and odd about myself. It's like, I want to be a good role model, even though I don't really want to be a role model, but I want you guys to think well of me, right? So it's much easier for me to come up here and say, yay, I did this. This is great. It's all working out. Hallelujah. What an example I am. Rather than, uh, yeah, I ate the chips again, or I still am addicted to my scale, even though I know that it would help my intuitive eating journey if I could put that blasted scale away. I don't know where this fear is coming from because, you know, as part of Alan's podcast episode, I announced my weight as always, and that was done a few months ago, and I said, I weigh 208. So guess what? I've been maintaining this weight now for all these months. Months and months I've been 208. <laughs> Why am I scared that if I give up the scale, all of a sudden I'm going to weigh 300 pounds? It's honestly, I feel like, if I don't get weighed and I don't know, like there's some magic thing. There's some magic thing about me knowing what my weight is exactly every single day that is protecting me from going crazy and eating too much stuff. But I really have not had a binge for a long time. Well, for me, not for many, many weeks, I really have not had a binge. I have had a few maybe overeating episodes a little bit, 
but I knew about them. I've had no unconscious overeating episodes. And I definitely haven't been doing anything that would make me gain weight to go up to 300 pounds. But in my weird compulsive brain, it's like an armor, like Alan has said in his show. It's like this perfectionistic controlling armor that just isn't happy unless it knows every little detail about what do I weigh today. I must get on that scale. I must. I must look at it. I must see that number. I must verify in my mind. And the weird thing is, sometimes when I'm feeling most slender and my pants are loose, I get on the scale and it's up a little bit. And the reverse is also true. I think, oh man, I ate spaghetti for dinner. This is going to be bad news. I, I put my hand over my eyes and I, I peek through my fingers and I look down and go, what the heck? This is, this is pretty low weight. How can this be? So you never really do know. The scale is only ever good, as I've said lots of times, and know for a fact from my life experience, the scale is good for a long-term trend, maybe, to know your weight. That's why the, the doctor might weigh you once a year at your checkup to see how you're doing, because if you don't know why you're gaining weight, then that could be a health issue, or if you don't know why you're losing weight, that could be a health issue. And I, I'll kind of laugh because every time I've got to see my doctor, because she's seen me where I've lost a lot of weight and where I've gained a lot of weight because of all my, my yo-yo dieting and my roller coaster weight. But she always looks me in the eye and says, do you know why you've lost this weight or do you know why you've gained this weight? And if I say, yes, I do, I know why I've gained this weight or lost it, she goes, okay then. And we move on to the health numbers because really... Unless you don't know, like if all of a sudden you start dropping weight or gaining weight, that can be an underlying health issue. If you know you're putting on weight because you've been eating a little more than you used to eat or you've been overeating or you've been binging, well, then you know why you did that. Anyway, I don't necessarily need a scale to tell me if I've been binge eating and putting on weight, and I don't necessarily need a scale to know that my weight's stable, and I don't necessarily need a scale to know that I'm losing weight. So why do I keep letting the scale control me? What is it about this scale? I've really been thinking about it, and I would love some more of your input. I've gotten some great input, as you guys have shared with me, and I've read it on the show. But if you have some other new ideas or thoughts on what's underneath my psychological inability to give up this security blanket, I would appreciate it because I am stumped. Usually, I try hard not to fool myself. I really try to, but I must have a blind spot to end all blind spot and be in total denial about what I'm thinking about intuitive eating and getting weighed. That's all I can figure. And if I have a blind spot and if I am in total denial, then I need some outside help to give me some opinions to maybe pierce through this denial and help me move on. Because my conscious goal really is I want to put this scale away at least for like a month. Just put it away and see what happens. That's where I'd like to get to. But I've not yet even been able to not get weighed one day in a row. Not even one. 
because I said last time I talked about this, maybe I'll just like not get weighed on Tuesday. And I go to bed on Monday and I think that, well, tomorrow's Tuesday, I just won't get weighed. Well, guess what? I can't resist, I can't help it. It's like part of my morning routine. If I don't get weighed, I don't feel like my day has begun. I feel like I'm in denial and I'm gonna fool myself and I'm in denial because I wanna eat a whole lot and then I'm gonna get fatter. And that is very distressing to me. But anyhow, I do super enjoy the freedom that I feel when I'm around my friends and not having to worry about what kind of restaurant or what's gonna be at the party. Because you know, where we went to the movie actually had that delicious popcorn that I talked about last time I talked about popcorn, but I wasn't hungry. So even though the popcorn smelled amazing, we decided not to have it because we were gonna go out to dinner after. I wasn't hungry, so I didn't eat the popcorn. I can't believe it. That popcorn smelled delicious, and smell is a huge trigger for delicious food. So I think I am making progress. I definitely am not having perfection, but I'm really happy to be up here in my Zen place. I'm really happy to have heard the wonderful conversation with Alan. I'm really glad and happy that I have you brave companions to comment to me and tell me <laughs> your ideas on why this scale is so tough for me. Anyhow, I'm going to wrap up this bonus episode. I got to get down this mountain, get myself cleaned up, and get my butt on into the therapy chair. And believe me, I'm going to have a lot to talk about today. So until next time, brave companions, have a wonderful, wonderful day. And you take care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. Ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone and won't be holding on to anything again. I'm letting.